The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to the Dan Scott Show. This is episode 29. I am Dan, as you just heard, as always, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Pray that you had a great week that just finished and that you'll have an even better week as we move forward. And in between, our hopes, as always, to inform, maybe entertain a little bit, but tell stories of God doing incredible work in people's lives, and uh, that's what we try to accomplish each and every week. As uh, I mentioned last week and the week before, summer being the season of reruns anyway, and the fact that we've added so many affiliates since we just started. We started with two on week one. We're at 13 affiliates now. Some of the stuff we did early has not been heard by our wider audience so starting a couple of weeks back and and moving ahead for the next uh, two or three weeks anyway we're going to continue to replay some of the interviews that we've done in the past and uh, that's what we're doing on this week's episode with a friend of mine named Chris Williams. Chris is just a phenomenal guy. He uh, has been involved in college athletics for most of his adult life as an athletic director, most recently as the director of championships for the National Christian College Athletic Association, and has been very, very uh, open and public about his battle with clinical anxiety and depression. And this week's replay actually comes with a very timely update And I'm going to tell you about that when we come back and get ready to get into the interview. Before we do that, as always, I want you to hear something about Grand Slam Ministries. So we'll be back in just a moment. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? An influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now, 
Back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Episode 29, Dan Scott Show. Thank you for joining us. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We would love to hear from you. And I, I try to mention this uh, at least once every week, but it, it, it really is important. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's good for the soul, for lack of a better term uh, or lack of a better phrase. It's encouraging when we hear from you. So drop us a line. Let us know uh, that you're listening, where you're listening. And, and if you have any suggestions, any, even any criticisms, we'll take those. We're always trying to learn, always trying to, to do better. Uh, always trying to make sure that everything we do glorifies Christ. Dan at danscottshow.org is the email address. Dan at danscottshow.org. Or uh, if Twitter's your thing, Dan Scott Show is my personal Twitter handle. You can uh, look up Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Twitter. Um, whatever it takes, we would love to hear from you. At the website, danscottshow.org there's a uh, contact form that comes directly to me and I promise you I will individually answer every one of those inquiries but we'd love to hear from you let us know what you think about the show where you're listening from and um, be an encouragement to us as we're hoping that this show is an encouragement to you as mentioned uh, our guest this week replaying the interview that I did back in March with Chris Williams and, and this one is something of an anomaly because Chris is going to talk about in the interview a new position that he had just taken a few months before. And as we speak, he's no longer in that position. He had taken the job as the director of championships for the National Christian College Athletic Association. And that is getting back into college athletics after being out of it for two years because of his battle with clinical anxiety and depression. Well, what he found out as I talked to him this week is that being on the road for two and three weeks at a time and everything going along with that job was starting to trigger some of those issues again. And he and his wife, Lisa, made the decision that they can't have that. And uh, there is another life update that will pass along afterwards. But I can tell you this show is airing on Sunday Two days ago, Friday, was his last day at the National Christian College Athletic Association. However, he wanted me to play the interview regardless because we talk about the bigger picture and hoping that it's going to be an encouragement for somebody who, A, is either going through anxiety and depression or, B, has someone in their family or a close friend that may be going through it. So you're going to hear the interview as it aired back in March. And when we began the conversation, we went back to his days as the athletic director at Southern Wesleyan University and his leading the transition of that school from NAIA to NCAA Division II. It was a five-year process with a lot of ups and downs. And as he looked back, that was the beginning of the battle that he had with anxiety and depression. Take a listen. Yeah, I think it was the um, the thing that broke the camel's back. I, I'm not sure it was the reason why I have anxiety and depression. I think that, as I've found through some 
you know, just more time in life, I've, I found out that there's depression and anxiety within my family. And so it, it may be somewhat genetic, um, but also just um, a little of the the makeup of who I am as well. I'm, I'm high strung. Um, I really like to accomplish things. I like to go after things. I'd like it to be done well. And so that means in my mind that I have to do all of those things. So I'm a control freak. Um, and we've talked an awful lot about that over the years too. Um, I, I do think that the, the role, and, and we've talked a number of times about this, that college athletics is a, is a fun place to be. It's rewarding. You have a place to really impact lives, not only of uh, student athletes, but of your coaching staff and uh, your support staff and, and all those people that you get to meet. And it's a cool job. At the same time, in particular in small college athletics where you are, you're really the enrollment department, you're really the revenue generator, and in today's world, you're really the reason why schools stay open or close. And so there's a lot of, there, there's a lot weighing on you, mm-hmm. uh, along with the fact that you're usually not funded very well and, and you're staffed not well enough, and so you end up doing all the other duties as assigned. Um, you know, in your job description, you know, I was talking to an AD friend last night on my way home from work and he said, Hey, I, you know, I got an opportunity to be the PA announcer last night. And I was like, what, what happened? And he ran through the story and it just, somebody couldn't show. And all of a sudden they're doing the PA for the night. And, and that takes you away from all the other things that happen during an event. And then you, you stack on top of that, the transition and, and, um, in particular, in our case, being a small Christian college, faith-based institution, trying to get into the NCAA, which is not a faith-based institution, uh, and all the things uh, stacked against you to get in. Um, the numerous times that when we were denied twice, and both times we were able to show the NCAA that they were wrong in their denial of us, and uh, basically won. And um, didn't always make us the the favorite with the NCAA and the, and the membership committee at the time, but it, it endured us to um, uh, the perseverance that it took to get done. But all of that, along with the team that I had, which was fantastic from uh, Julia Reinega to Emily Germain and uh, Dr. Couch and um, uh, Dr. Brockington and the two presidents that, that really helped us get through this. It, it was a job well done, but it, it did take a toll on, on my mental health, for sure. Tell me where where did you go? What what was the what was the low part? How and and how did you realize that things were not good? Well, I, I just the coming home at night and and um, you know sometimes you would get home at ten ten thirty at night after being in at seven thirty eight o'clock in the morning and. Um, missing a bunch of things that your family was doing and again I have five kids and so there my wife is you know the rock star at home making sure that everything continues to go and and I'm out raising other people's kids and and then the pressure of um, you know bringing in more and more revenue and it seemed like it was never ever enough and I think some of those pressures led to my sleep deprivation and I think that was the real trigger point was I would, I would come home and I was exhausted and needed to sleep and couldn't sleep and just lay there and, and my head and my brain would spin and spin and spin. I couldn't go anywhere. 
and it paralyzed me. And it paralyzed me from being out with um, my family. Like I would literally just go back into my bedroom and go to bed, 8.30, 9 o'clock, and sometimes earlier, just lay there and it would spin. It also isolated me from friends, and so I, they would ask me to go do things, and I'd say, no, 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 i got to be at home, or I'm tired, or I haven't been home, and so I should probably be at home. Uh, and so I, I stopped getting the feeding of uh, men need that time together, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's just to go down to a Clemson game, um, whether it's just to hang out, have wings, whatever. I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, and then just the battle internally of questioning uh, the self-doubt uh, really started to creep in. And again, like I said, I'm usually a very joyous and confident person, and I had gone the other direction. I, I had become, my brain was very negative, um, and I started to doubt that I could even do what I had been doing for the last 25, 26 years. Uh, and being in college athletics, I started to doubt everything that I did. And and one day I just went into my VP's office and broke down and said, I, I don't think I can do this again. I I think I'm out. And um, that was the beginning of, I'll use the word recovery, but that was the beginning of my journey of understanding the battle of anxiety and depression. Chris Williams is joining us. He is the director of championships for the National Christian College Athletic Association, longtime friend. And and we have done uh, a couple of interviews uh, about this over the years, but I thought it was worth recapping and uh, bringing it before a new audience here uh, on the uh, Dan Scott Show. So as you're talking about this, um, I I have the benefit of of seeing you and and watching your facial expressions and and gauging your emotions a little bit. Is it still difficult for you to talk about? Is it therapeutic for you to talk about? Is it both? Yeah, I'm uh, actually a little surprised at how emotional I am at the moment, just rehashing some of it and um, it's hard. It's, uh, I mean, you were one of the first people that I talked to publicly about this and, uh, I wanted to do it because I didn't want another, in particular, very specifically that men would, would really look deep inside themselves and start to be able to set boundaries, barriers, protections, uh, and to be honest about how they were feeling. I interviewed Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright for uh, a recent edition of the show. And we actually got to talking about this particular subject with men. Men are wired, at least most of us, I think, are wired to be fixers. We're wired to think that we don't need to ask for help, that we can do things on our own. And, And that is... At its core, I think one of the worst traits that we have, and it leads to a lot of things like being a knucklehead, number one, sometimes, <laughs> and, and number two, in, in the, the, the very worst case scenarios, it leads to what we're talking about here, where you went. Uh, it, was that your experience, that you, you were afraid to ask for help or you just didn't ask for help because, hey, I'm a man, I'm supposed to be able to handle this? Yeah, and I'll even add that I'm dumb. Uh, well, I wasn't going to go there. 
Well, I knew that's what you were thinking. Yeah. So some things are, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. obvious, but right. Well, that goes back into our whole Cincinnati, <laughs> Chicago Cubs and right. Reds and all that yeah. stuff. And, so. and and you notice? Did you notice I did not bring that up this time? Well, so far, I mean, we're a couple minutes into this thing. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. There's and I got to sit in this room with all this Cincinnati paraphernalia, and mm-hmm. it's killing me right now. <laughs> but to, to answer your question, it, yeah, I mean, uh, all of those things, I, you know. At the same time, I, I guess I didn't know what I didn't know, right? right? And so some of it is just, and I think we've seen this in the world in the last number of years, that mental health has become more of a uh, hot topic or at least it's out there that we can we can talk about. And sometimes it's very negative, sometimes very positive. And I, I kind of find the discussion to be fine. Where I want to drive it is, is that, um, in particular for me is that I want to be able to talk to guys um, in my little world of athletics that it's okay to talk about, but you also can't use it as a crutch. Right. Like you've got to – just like if I want to be able to get off the bench and to play, well, then I have to be realistic about my strengths and my weaknesses. And then I have to go and attack those things every day in practice, and I have to show coach why I should be in the game. I can't just say it. Well, I want to be in the game, coach. Okay. Like any any coach is going to go, okay, well, show me that I can trust you and I can put you in the game. And so I have to do the same thing. I have to be honest with where I'm at. What are the what are some of the strategies I've put into place when my anxiety starts to heighten so that then I'm prepared to be more successful. Right? And I've had to do that through counseling. I've had to do that through prayer i've had to do that with just under self-reflection and understanding a little better about myself um and those strategies are working for me it's not always a hundred percent perfect but i can find ways then to recalibrate to use that word again i I was telling you a couple weeks ago i i knew i needed to go talk to my counselor it had been a little while and i just needed to go in and we just needed to have rehash through some things and I needed to be reinforced that what I was doing or what I have been doing has helped and it will work and that my worry can be conquered. There are undoubtedly people who are listening to this today and I'm sure that you have come across this over the last couple of years. You, You are obviously very open about your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure the question has come up, well, how can a Christian battle depression? Aren't you supposed to be full of joy and, and all of these things? So so how does that happen to somebody who claims, quote-unquote, to have a faith in Jesus Christ? Have you heard that question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, have you asked that question? Yes. Yeah, I, I've been angry. Um, and somehow I've been able to turn it into I'm almost thankful that I've gone through this or I continue to go through it and uh, I see it as now it's it's my it's been an opportunity to have discussions with people it's um, maybe even helped me with myself and understanding who I am and some of my own weaknesses Um, and so I I don't I don't necessarily know the answer to the question I think I'm still in the world and things are going to happen and it 
and I kind of turn it around in a because I'm a I'm simplistic and I live in the athletics world and I equate everything to athletics. But man, when the other team goes on a run, what's my response? I just turned the ball over. Okay, what's my response? I just found out I have anxiety and depression. What's my response? And so, I I. I think some ways the training that I've had over my 52 years of being in athletics has helped me to continue in this battle with anxiety and depression. And I say it that way because I think that now I have an understanding that I have this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to rule me like it once did. And, and you know, one of the things, too, that in, in basketball terminology, when another team goes on a run, what do you do as a coach? You call a timeout, yep. Yep. and and you call a timeout. Yep. Yeah, refocus. And I give my wife a lot of credit for that. I, we talked about that at length before, but um, both of us have social work background, um, some counseling, and, I mean, we didn't see it and because you just get going in right. life. And, and uh, sometimes the people closest to you, you, you just don't notice some of the changes because it happens slowly over time. And, but at the same time, she was able to, to really then call the time out, right, and said, "Well, you're not, you're done with work. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like your mental health, you are more important than all those other things." Um, and that that's been kind of my story now, or my advice to ads who who are in the midst of their daily life, um, the juggling that they do. You know, like I was telling you, I, I was talking to an ad yesterday and. I just said, so how are you doing juggling all this stuff? He's like, you know. And I said, yeah, I do know. And what are some of the things, and we kind of walked through some of the things that, that this person's doing. Uh, to but, but isn't that very much like like God because he, he will bring us through things? He'll, we will go through things that he either allows to happen or sometimes, as we know, he will send things yeah. to try us and test us. So when we're all said and done with it, that now we can use that experience to help somebody else. I have seen it in, in my life with, and you know, my testimony, and it sounds like that you're getting the opportunity to do the same thing with other people in your profession, that, that your antenna go up when you see a guy who may be yep. doing too much and you can speak to him from an experience that you couldn't do three or four years ago. Yeah. I guess it gives you some kind of credibility. Um, and somebody sees the the tire marks across your face, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and and some of it is just it's the it's the over years. So I've I've been in college athletics, small college athletics for thirty years, and so I've done life with a number of these people from across the country um, for all of those years. And so for us, just I I think at times, like you said, like we're so driven to do these things, and they're and they're good and they're right. But it's also good and right to protect yourself and to find some balance um, and to take care of yourself. You, these, these ADs, these coaches, these student athletes, they, they really do so much to serve so many other things and people. Uh, and I think we do that in business world, church world. And at times, we, I think we need to be a little bit more selfish and, and take care of our own self and heart. Visiting with Chris Williams, the director of championships for the National Christian College Associate Athletic Association. 
talking about his uh, journey through clinical anxiety and depression. Um, how did how did it affect your relationship with Lisa? How did it affect your relationship with your kids? I think it was something that brought us even closer together. Um, I, I think I think in particular with our with our kids, just to, really to be able to have even more conversation. I I think so much of my kids, my and my kids really stepped up to be very verbal and present in my life. Um, as young people, that's that's in, a, in particular with your parent, that's not always the easiest thing to come across. But I really give them a lot of credit for being very encouraging um, and pushing me mm-hmm. forward again. Um, and even in. You know, as I contemplated getting back into college athletics, which is which felt like the, you know, back to your earlier question, felt like the thing that really broke me. Um, you know, I I wondered, well, should I do this? You know, and they were the ones that really said, no, you're, this is what you you're called to do, and and can it be different and still joyous and um, the thing that you're called to. And and the answer was yes, but I think a lot of that was because my kids were really there for me, and encouraged me. Because I asked them the question again, it, I was gone a lot, whether I was at games at the university or on the road with meetings, or on the road watching our teams compete. Uh, so I, I missed things, but all along the way, I tried to incorporate my kids in that, and they had opportunities that they now say are things that they will never forget. Mm -hmm. They're memories that we made um, and opportunities that they got because of that. Um, And I guess I never really – I was hopeful that's what was happening, right? But I didn't know what they thought. So it was great to hear that from them, and I think that's what – to go down that road, I think it brought us closer together with an understanding of that. And and now we're, we have open discussions about their potential for these things, if it is genetic, mm-hmm. um, that, that they may have to deal with some of this too. Chris Williams joining us on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. So how did your relationship with Christ factor into your recovery to this point? Uh, I'm going to use the word real. There's times in your life when you go through and you just kind of float and go. And I think that's where I was. Um, again, it'll, it's going to sound like an excuse and it likely is that the busyness got to me in, in particular with my own faith. And, and even as a leader in a Christian environment, um, you can push and pull things away or, or, uh, pull them closer and there was always that tug of war that happens mm-hmm. and happened. This was a likely even a little wake-up call for me in, in my, my own faith journey. Um, and, and like I said earlier, there was times when, in particular early on when it broke, that I was angry. Um, even to the point where I was calling God out and saying I needed to see things and I needed to see them now and and uh, uh, that, that's always fun. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that'll go. That's the knucklehead part, right? <laughs> and um, so I'm gonna give you one example. I, and I think I've shared this, but I, I, we were talking about this the other day. I was with someone, and I basically said, 
you know, God, if you really care and if you're really there for me um, and you know all this that's going on with me, then, you know, I need I need a sign that you're there. And and uh, birds had become important to me. We were talking about birds when I walked in right. this morning. And, um, and, and the destructive mess they're making out of my wife's bird feeder, but that's yeah, another that's, story. Yeah, that's Sam at my house. So... <laughs> So that morning I walked out, front door, boom, I hit the front door, and there's the sparrow on the walkway. As I'm walking towards this bird, I'm thinking, uh, is this is this really the thing that God's going to get my attention with today? And I said, surely not. You know, it's just a bird. So I, I walked right at the bird, but the bird didn't move. And I'm this far away from the bird, you know two, three feet. And I realized that God was saying, I see you. I sent this bird. I see you. And that's, uh, doesn't always work like that necessarily, yeah. but there, there's been a three or four things over the last number of years that have, that, that I've encountered. Um, and a lot of times Dan out of my own anger and question and he's shown up. Billy Graham told a story a number of times about when he was in Bible college down in Florida that there was a place that he would go to off of a golf course, secluded. He would be the only one there. He would go there in the evening and, in his words, have it out with God when something happened. And one of the examples that he used was, God, I know I'm not saved because I just lost my temper with this guy. And invariably God would speak to him and, and say, hey, it's fine repent, go make it right. And so I, I, I think the reason I'm bringing that up, I, I think there are enough examples from people like Billy Graham, but there are examples in the Bible where people had those kind of frank conversations. I mean, read Psalms, read Psalms. David is, is it's incredible. The number of times he's saying, God, have you forsaken me? You know, where are you? But then he always comes back at the end to the praise and the acknowledgement and the worship. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's done, uh, obviously, in, in, in the right way. And, and God will let you know if it's not right. Yeah, I'm I'm not always sure I've done it right. I can guarantee you I have not. Um, well, you're in good company, though. Yeah, well, and I would bet that most of us would say that. I mean, how many times have you been compared to David? Well, I'll use the word knucklehead again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... There are, there are a number of things that, as we've come out of this, what I would call the unstableness of the battle with anxiety and depression to what's more of a stable now journey with it, um, you know, we, I questioned what would I ever do if I didn't work in athletics? And God said, don't worry about it. My wife starts working. And she had been doing – we had homeschooled our, our children. Remember, we have five kids, and so that was a long journey for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, she starts teaching online. That comes in, and and sh- and she's excelling and finding success there. And, and God just totally said, here you go. And that, that was a I'm – not, I'm not even sure we – Lisa probably prayed for it. I just basically said, what are we going to do? And he provides. We we had felt like we needed to do something uh, maybe a little different with church. 
and during the pandemic, like everyone, we didn't know what to do. Do you go? Do you stay home? Do you watch it online? And so we were watching The Chosen for a little while, which mm-hmm. is which is actually pretty cool. Yes, it is. Um, and I would say season two is even better. Well, we're five episodes into okay, season three. Okay, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm behind. Yes, you are. Yeah, thank you. So, not unusual, but yes, you are. <laughs> so, so we end up we end up going to this home church, and and at first we thought, well, this is kind of weird. Like, you go to somebody's house. There's like four or five other families. Um, some of my kids attend this church, and it's the coolest thing. Like we eat dinner together. Everybody brings something, and then we hear from our pastor, and then we discuss what the pastor talked about which is so weird right like what pastor does that um and yet you find out that's really how jesus and the disciples did church right and so that's been refreshing um and then and then god basically with my own like journey over the last number of years of realizing that he's given me a skill set and that it's not just necessarily to work in college athletics because i I ended up working for my brother-in-law with zip lines and climbing walls, and and I was able to figure out how my skill set works with them, and and then all the opportunities I've had to volunteer from the funeral home, which is which that's a whole story in itself, to working with the local high school, um, the opportunities to be able then to what I see it as is impacting all of those places and those people, but the blessings that I and the impact that I have felt back to me because of the changes and the things that I thought were question marks and the what ifs all basically became the phrase I've got you and why did you worry about it and when you finally see that and and, and it's hard to see but when you finally see that there's an incredible comfort isn't there yeah and, and honestly, Dan, there's a cockiness that comes out of it, right? It's like, well, of course, God gave me all of these things. I have this skill set. Boom, I, let's go. And, and so sometimes I've got I've to then step back again and be like, okay, well, settle down, Chris. You and I were just talking about this. I can't get ahead of what his call for my life is. And it's so easy for me as I, as I continue to come through uh, – this journey and Lisa and I come through this journey. Like we have to slow down a little bit and be like, okay, I've, I've got to continually be um, with him, not ahead of him. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I recently spoke at my good friend, pastor Heath Bowie's church, uh, union Baptist church down in Lawrence and second time. So that's how crazy he is. He's brought me back. Yeah. To he's speak. nuts. Yeah, he is. But, um, uh, you know, and, and maybe he won't be pastor there longer. I don't know after, <laughs> after that. But uh, no, no, he does a fantastic job. I love that congregation uh, and, and was just incredibly blessed to be able to get a chance to come back. But I spoke on finding God's purpose for your life and and basically how I got to where we are right now with this radio show and Grand Slam Ministries and, and the entire process where... I probably took a lot longer than it should have trying not to get ahead of God because of some previous mistakes. But I, but I already had a talk put together about that. And and then, you know, this God will send you confirmation that, yeah, this is what he wants you to talk about. I spoke on, on Sunday, obviously on Tuesday, one of the people I listen to when I get the chance is Chip Ingram. I hadn't listened to Chip in probably two or three weeks. So I happened to flip on his program when it came on at nine 30 on, on Sirius XM 
And lo and behold, what's he talking about? Finding God's purpose for your life. Hmm. And, and he used the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. The S, spiritual gifts, what are yours? The H, heart, what's your passion? A, abilities, what are you good at? P, personality, how are you wired? And E, experience, what have you done? And how has God prepared you? You just went through all of that. Yes. He shaped you yeah. into what you are now. Yeah. So I think that's great. And I, I think the message, again, I keep circling back to this, is now is to sometimes, again, and, and I think this can fit into everybody's circle of life or in your world that you're living in. But in my world of athletics, I now need to just check in on people and, and and push the pause button for them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've actually even found that, you know, getting back into college athletics, I've done that less. And so on the ride home yesterday, I tried to plug back in with some people realizing I hadn't done that. And to remind people of, we've got to go and, and pause in order to evaluate all of those things, mm-hmm. because it's way too easy just to go, Oh man, it's Friday. I'm going to, I'm just going to lay on the couch Saturday and Sunday and try to get ready again for Monday and go back and do it again. But did I ever do any reflection of all of those things you just said? No, no, because life is so busy and we allow it to be busy. Um, yes, I, I've been able to go through some of that, but I, I need the constant reminder, uh, just like I think the rest of us out there in listening world. Chris Williams with us. We've got about five or six minutes left. Where are you now in this journey? Well, I'm glad you added that because I was going to say we're sitting right here in the studio. But uh, uh, I think I'm in a good spot. I, I Lisa and I are, you know, really we're family of we we say a family of three because I've got one kid who's in in college. <clears throat> He's in Switzerland, and that's a whole nother man. That's just been that's pretty cool. Uh, one in high school. And so, you know, life is, life feels good to be able to, to, um, to do some things that we haven't been able to do. To, mm-hmm. Um, at, at the same time, it's, you know, we're, you know, we've, we're older, you know, and so we're trying to figure out what that means. But, but, um, I would say the joy is back. Um, I feel like I'm the, who, who God desires me to be um i have a little bit of the baggage still there i think i'm like i said i think i'm always going to have that but i think through counseling through um through self-reflection through people uh encouraging me reminding me shaping me uh and 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 trying to stay engaged in my own faith journey um and and and, be, and 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 do something as we talked about a minute ago that's not easy for men to do, and that's allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yes, yes, and 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 I thank you for asking me to be here again today because obviously I needed to feel some of those emotions. That, that I think that's the reason why I'm here today is to is to is to understand where I've been again and feel it because uh, it's easy just to look back and go, "Oh, I was there." Well, there was dark. I mean, it was the worst place I've ever been. And I really don't want other people to have to go there. If we can if we can go 10 steps short of that, great. If we can go 100 steps short of that, even better. 
Well, so I let's think, talk I, about it. I, I think the most important thing is wherever there is, Jesus is there. Yeah, and if we can be that extension while, while he's given us this day, this time on earth, like tonight I'm going to go and be part of um, my son's high school basketball team as a volunteer coach, and my job, I think, is to be there and love on the guys mm -hmm. and be an encouragement. If I can do that today, then I feel like I've won. So if there are really anybody listening, but you, you obviously gear this mostly towards men and, and because of, of your experience. So someone's listening who may be going through this and, and, and not to this point, uh, they've, they've not been willing to, to open up and, and to talk to somebody about it. What would you say? I would say you need to talk to somebody, especially as a guy. Uh, and I would say you need to talk to a professional 100%. I, I thought, I actually said this yesterday in the office at the National Christian College. I, I said, well, I, I didn't think I was that nuts. And I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I also say that just, just flat honest. Like, I really needed to go to counseling. I really did. And there's nothing wrong with that. I had this negative thing about it, even though I have some credits in counseling, you know, from my college days and my social work degree. You know, I, I needed to have my counselor, who's a professional, be able to pull some things out of me so I could recognize it and then reflect upon it and then build a strategy to protect me around it. And yeah. I can't do that by myself. Right. And I think one of the things that, that we have to remember is, is that God has provided us with people who have that expertise to do it. I, you know me, I put off having the weight loss surgery a long time, and my Sunday school teacher had been after me for a couple of years, and finally he said something that resonated with me. He said, Dan, God gave those surgeons that skill for a reason. Yep. And that's the one thing I couldn't shake. Yep. And so while we are supposed to take all of our cares to the cross and, and share them with Christ, God has also provided people and avenues here on earth to help in his wrapping his loving arms around us yes and, and i would say seek out people you know around you and just check in with them you know i i've done that with other pieces of my life and i now try to do that with my own mental health and and just have other people out there who who can ask the question and and uh, maybe they see me once or twice now you know throughout the number of weeks great check in, see how we're doing, and um, encourage me along the way. I, I need to find those people, too. And I know you've been willing to talk to other people who have been going yes. through something like this. I, yes. I won't ask you to, to publicly give out your phone number, but I will say if you'd like to get in touch with Chris, if you'll just drop me an email, dan at danscottshow.org, then I'll get the two of you together. And um, Yeah, and I'm on, I'm on Twitter if, if people use that platform. Uh, I think it's Williams of SC. Um, you can find me there, and we can drop me a, what do you, I don't even know what you call it, a DM, and we'll, and we'll connect. It's good to see you. Well, first of all, it's just good to see you um, because with my job and, and with you back on the road again, we don't get to see each other perhaps as often as, as we used to or should, and, and maybe that's a good thing for both of us. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think so. But, but, it, but it's, it, it's good to see you smiling. It's, yeah. good, it's good to see you it's good to hear me laugh, and that's one of the things my kids have said yeah. is that your laugh is back, which is 
how some people have met me for the first time because they heard me. Laughing at you or with you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you so much again, my friend, for for your vulnerability, for your willingness to to open up. Um, I know that you've already had a tremendous impact on other people, and I know that God's going to continue to use you. Well, I appreciate it, and, and I, just a shout-out to you for staying on this journey to get on the radio again, and um, we're praying that this continues to go and that God blesses this journey uh, in the Dan Scott Show. Appreciate you, my friend. One of the many things that I love about Chris Williams is, is – not only his faithfulness to Christ, but his willingness to be vulnerable and, and to share what are really still ongoing struggles and probably in one form or another will be for the rest of his life and hoping that in doing so he can offer encouragement, again, to someone who is either going through the same thing he is or has a friend or family member who is struggling with anxiety and depression. And I'll just repeat what we talked about at the end of that interview back in March. If you are going through something or know someone who is, and you want to talk with Chris because he can point you in the direction of some resources, counseling resources and things that I can't, if you'll get in touch with me, I can get you in touch with him. And please don't be shy about it. Whatever you do, don't be shy about reaching out if you or someone you love needs help. My email address again is dan at danscottshow.org and I will get you in touch with Chris. I promise you that. He did give me a life update when we talked this week. Uh, as I mentioned in the interview setup, the final day for Chris at the National Christian College Athletic Association was just two days ago. It was Friday. He will be, for the foreseeable future anyway, working as an adjunct professor teaching sports management classes at Clemson University. And when he and I talked this week and, and talked about the decision to walk away from the National Christian College Athletic Association because of the, the, the time away and the stress starting to trigger that anxiety and depression again, this is what he told me, and this is a direct quote from Chris. He said, quote, I've learned what my body can handle, and I'm brave enough to stop it, unquote. My prayer is that anybody who's going through anxiety and depression gets to that point where they know what their body can handle, and they're brave enough to put a stop to it. We'll take a break and come back and finish up this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show right after this. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little and sometimes nothing until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. 
We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. As always, this hour just flies by. Back for the final segment, about five minutes before we have to say goodbye. You know, my hope and dream with this, and this is always in God's hands, but if God were to say, Dan, what do you want this radio show to be? Eventually, I would like to get to a point where we are live for two hours on Sunday night and then taking that show, editing it down, and putting it out for a one-hour weekly show as well. That's what I want. But the one thing that I'm trying to learn is to put my wants aside and make sure that my will aligns with what God's will is for this show, for my life, for the nonprofit. So just continue to pray about that. We're just past the halfway point of the first year. We are still in our infancy as far as this whole operation is concerned. God has blessed us beyond anything we could have imagined to this point, and I just pray that we'll continue to follow instead of trying to lead, because as I have spoken about before, that is disastrous, and I've got plenty of uh, anecdotal evidence, a good enough track record in that area to prove that I don't know where I'm going. God does. So just follow him. Take your hands off the wheel and go. One thing I do know is that he has placed a burden on my heart to speak to churches, to men's groups, to teams, organizations, whatever it may be, and share the incredible things that he has done in my life, uh, sharing my testimony, how he took me from a broken shell of a man who was on the verge of losing everything and everybody that he loved and gave me a new life in Jesus Christ back on June the 10th of 2012. I love sharing my testimony. I love talking to men's groups about finding your purpose. What has God designed you to do? What does he want you to do in your life and how do you find that? I love talking 
about what Jesus teaches us about communication. And there's a very interesting story in the Bible that pretty much lays out how we are to communicate with people. I love sharing that. I love sharing how the world defines us versus how God defines us. And sometimes even how we define ourselves. But God's definition of who we are and his purpose for us is so much better than anything we could imagine for ourselves and so far beyond anything the world can use to label us. So I I have a talk about that. I have a talk about not looking back, but looking to the future that God has for you and not letting guilt from past mistakes override you. Several other topics that I love to share when I get the opportunity. I have some speaking engagements coming up in the month of August. I'm speaking back at my home church, the church my dad is still pastoring in West Virginia uh, on August the 6th. And then on the 26th and 27th of August, Saturday and Sunday, I'm speaking at two different places in Virginia in Norton, Virginia, on that Saturday morning uh, at a men's group set up by a lifelong friend of mine, Steve Childers, who I went to high school with, and then another high school friend, Jimmy Watson, is the pastor of a church in Tazewell, Virginia, and I'm going there and speaking and sharing my testimony on that Sunday. I'm looking for more additions to the calendar. I am willing to travel. I never charge anything. My only expectation is, A, if there's travel involved, that those expenses are covered. And B, then you do what the Holy Spirit says, whether it is a donation to the, to the ministry or it's nothing at all. My whole purpose is to be faithful to God, follow His prompting, and share the message that He's given me to share. Dan at danscottshow.org, if you're interested, message me and we'll talk. We'll see you again next week. Have a blessed one, everybody. I'm Dan. God bless you and so long, everybody.